This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Great to have you back. It's really good. I was actually surprised how well the the mega mailbag did just a few short weeks ago. Uh, if you want, if you've got questions you want to send in, uh, send them to Australian Hunting Podcast at gmail.com or, and I've actually already received quite a number of voicemails, just a few already, which is fantastic. Go to AustralianHuntingPodcast.com.au and on the right-hand side slider bar, you will see that little link there. Uh, it's actually on the slider bar. It'll pop up when it actually loads and it'll say leave voicemail. So click on that. I think you've got about 90 seconds to leave a voicemail. If you do it on your phone or on your tablet, when the page actually loads, you'll see it actually floating on top at the bottom. It'll say leave voicemail as well. So uh, jump on that. We want to hear from you. We want to read out your questions. And I get so many emails that, like I said in a previous show, <laughs> when I look at my email box, I just stare at it and think, holy crap. I've, I get so scared, sometimes I don't even check it. <laughs> and I miss out on very, very important emails. So this is going to be a way to do it. Um, if you send it in, I'll read it out on the show. I was actually kind of surprised how I thought it would only go for about 20 minutes, the last one. Perhaps I rambled probably a bit too much, but the numbers are proving otherwise. The numbers are proving absolutely fantastic. So thank you to all the people that listen to that show. Hope you all enjoyed the uh, podcast with Garrett Stoddart from Burger Bullets that I just released just a couple of weeks ago. That was a really, really good podcast. I really enjoyed that. And uh, uh, as I said in a previous show uh, initially, Talk about customer service from those guys, really. Absolutely fantastic customer service. Obviously, they make premium bullets, but uh, I was more impressed uh, with their quality of customer service, getting back to people, uh, wanting me to tag them in the podcast and stuff like that, Instagram, tagging Garrett and so forth. It was absolutely awesome. So I hope you're gonna. I hope you, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. That's something I have been wanting to do uh, for a while. I did try and get in contact with others ones, as you guys know, but unfortunately... You know, they didn't get back to me. So uh, I relied on the expertise of Burger Bullets and uh, they certainly provided a great show. On today's show, I'm talking with Hunter and hunting guide, Joe Fluidy. Uh, people might say, well, who's Joe Fluidy? Well, if you've been watching, uh, my buddy J.E. Wilds, a- a.k.a. Joe Edlington. I had Joe Edlington on the show on October 7th, 2020, which is AHP episode 229. Uh, I also had Joe's girlfriend on the show, Catherine, uh, for one of my shows very early on as well. And that was episode 178. I was going to say 128 then. 178 back on August 23rd, 2018. And uh, Joe Fluidy, I know there's a lot of Joes here. Everyone's getting a bit confused. But uh, Joe Edlington is J.E. Wilds on his YouTube channel. A lot of you guys have been checking him out, making some fantastic fantastic good cinematic videos on YouTube of his hunts. Uh, Joe Fluidy, has, who's my guest today, has been joining him on those hunts on his most recent series. Uh, so I thought I'd get him on the show, have a chat to him about, I guess, making the videos with Joe Edlington, having a bit of fun, guiding in New Zealand, guiding for animals. What's it like growing up in New Zealand? What's it like hunting in New Zealand? Uh, and just having a grand old chat. I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic show. Of course, I want to thank everyone that uh, helps me and subscribes on Patreon. You get all the shows in advance. If you want to support us, please do. Patreon.com forward slash AHP. And if you listen to this, come on, guys. You know, I've been providing 10 years of great content for a lot of people. You know, it really yeah, it would be good to, to throw you know, a few bucks my way to keep the show going and keep it positive. And uh, if you could do that, it's great. If you can't do that, that's totally cool too. I'd love you just to share the show uh, on Facebook, share it with your friends and family. Or if you've got any buddies in the industry that might be interested, uh, certainly throw it their way. I'd really, really appreciate you doing that. So again, if you want to send me in a voicemail, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au, that's the voicemail. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. It says send voicemail, right-hand side bar, or send me an email, australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. People always ask me where you can hear from the show. Of course, it's on Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, the website, iTunes. I mean, pretty much it's absolutely everywhere. And if you look at the ch- – I'm really impressed of how things are going because when you look on the Chartable uh, app, which is the basically how 
you know, podcast rate, how well they do. I'm doing fantastically in the in the wilderness category, doing fantastic in the sports category. Uh, life is good. Life is good. You can't really complain with those numbers. And uh, I'm proud of what we've achieved over the last 10 years. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without you guys in the show, sharing it, of course. And uh, we're going to have a great chat today with Joe Fluidy. So I think uh, I should bring Joe on the show in just a few moments. But I want to play just a bit of, you're going to hear this. This is actually Joe, Joe and Joe, Joe Eglinton and Joe Fluidy, who I'm going to interview today. They're actually sitting in a tree in New Zealand here on YouTube on one of Joe, J.E. Wild's videos. Uh, it says, climbed a tree to shoot this. And uh, they're about to shoot this big deer. So I want to play that for you. And then we'll get into the interview with Joe. He's down. Bro! Oh! Just watch him. Bro. Did that just freaking happen, oh, dude? Oh my god! Oh, he just mailed him, dude. We shot him out of a tree, man! <laughs> what just freaking <laughs> happened, dude? <laughs> yeah, man! Oh, unreal! <laughs> Last light, guys. I don't even know if you guys can see us right now. So there you go, guys. They had a great, a grand old time shooting a deer out of a tree. It was a pretty cool video. So if you want to watch it, you can go on J.E. Wilds, uh, J.E. Space Wilds, W-I-L-D-S, top fella. And uh, I think we should get into our interview with Joe Fluidy. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Joe, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Great to have you on the show. We've finally been able to connect, which is fantastic. I've had uh, your buddy J.E. Wilds. I've had his girlfriend Catherine on my show as well. So had to have you on as well because you've been a highlight in some of his brand new videos so thanks for coming on the show man really appreciate it yeah thanks for inviting me man no worries That's man good. tell us about yourself first i mean who is joe fluidy what does he do i mean how did he get into hunting <laughs> just a bit of a big background about uh, about yourself i guess growing up in new zealand yeah okay so um so uh hunting family hunting background i've come from a long line of um of hunters i've just um Granddad was a hunter, his dad was a hunter, and my dad, he, um, he, he was a bushman years ago, and um, he started doing um, professional hunting and doing guided hunts. Uh, back when I was a young fella, before then, he started getting into it, and I sort of followed his suit, was always, was always trailing around behind him. Yeah, it just led into fashion that I have, and she was a lot of others. Yeah, and that's, that's led into um, archery and, and bow hunting. Yeah, that's, that's where it's led me today. Um, yeah. Hey, where, where, where were you from when you were, um, grew up in New Zealand? I mean, where, where do you live now in New Zealand? Where did you sort of grow up? What areas did you sort of grow up in in New Zealand? I mean, obviously, North and South Island. What was your, what was your main sort of um, area of growing up and, and, and hunting area, basically? Yeah, I grew up most, most of my years with Youth was in uh, the central North Island, just below um, Malruapau, and um, it's just like a hunting, fishing paradise, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 amazing. Tight bush, tight hunting, and um, awesome for bow hunting. There's seeker, red, sour. A little south is there's, there's um, samba as well. So um, was really blessed in that in that sense. And um, trout right through the rivers, some amazing, amazing rivers to fish. And yeah, so that's um, that was um. Where I'm set up, got got familiar with with hunting. First of all, living for myself, yeah. Perp, mate. I tell you what, I'm dying to get to New Zealand one day. I mean, it just seems like a nice place, you know. Good hunting culture. A lot of places. You got to do it, man. I know, I know. But you know what? I've got a few kegs to lose, a few kilos, because I, <laughs> I see, I see some uh, hills. You and the you and Joe and Catherine go up, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, man! I need to stop, stop getting, you know, <laughs> stop eating a few of the McDonald's burgers, start hitting the hills, man, so I can tag along one day. You know, it's locos, eh? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. And then, uh, and then the South Island's just a, a whole other level. It's pretty, pretty aggressive country down here. Yeah, definitely need to try and come down here. Hey, speaking of that, what do you? I mean, okay, you you hunt with different methods, bow and firearm. I mean, what's your favourite? If you had to pick one, what's your sort of favourite? You know, favourite apparatus to go hunting with bow, or do you prefer gun? Honestly, um, uh, I've, I've shot a bow since the age of, of seven, and um, and I really love bow hunting, and I I really love watching bow hunting, and I I love the whole concept. But honestly, um, I have. 
I have no nothing against picking up a rifle and going out and shooting it. And it sort of comes down to what I'm feeling at the, at the time. There's a lot of patience with bow hunting, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think um, if I was to go hunt elk overseas, I think I'd love to I'd love to try and attack it with a bow. That would be, like, pinnacle for me. Definitely, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably had the option with a rifle 100%. Yeah, and there's actually a good video. I might you know, when, when people are actually listening to this um, podcast, guys, head over to JE Wild's YouTube channel. They did, I think it was a couple of years ago, Joe. I can't remember which what what the name of it was. I didn't look it up before I did the show, but there was one yeah. where you guys it was a really good video. I think your dad might have even been in it, where you yeah. you, you sort of shot a deer, but you and, and it really didn't look like you actually hit it, but uh, you did hit it, <laughs> and uh, you, you ended up. I think you yeah. end up finding it the next day, and it was bloody. I've seen this. Deer and I thought, holy shit, this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. I'd love to shoot one like this. I've got to get over to New Zealand. You know, I mean, how, yeah. good, how good was that hunt with a bow? I mean, you know. It's, it, it, Amazing you know. story. Amazing story, actually. Um, so that was um, that was a challenge I set myself, and um, it was a wild stag that had gone into um, a home property that my dad or we all got on. And it was obvious, like an obvious, um, certainly a little six-point stag in amongst, like, you know, trophy, trophy, um, stags that Americans and Australians take home. So yeah, it's been a challenge to shoot him with a bow. And I actually, um, I actually shot him right on the point of the shoulder the year, the year before with my bow. Like perfect, perfect shot, but just like an inch low. Anyway, the next year came along and Joe, um, Joe started getting into, um, filming himself and editing and, um, and filmmaking and stuff. And, and we've done a few productions together. The idea of, of making a film, um, a bounding film sort of stag that we call Wild Boy sort of arose and, and it was a challenge for both of us then. So Joe and I went out and we, um, we hunted them numerous times. It was when, it was before COVID, so there was a sort of hunting season going on on the property. So we were limited in the time little time spaces between hunts to go and hunt him. And also, he was a formidable wild stag, you know, like he'd barely ever bloody catch up with him the best times. And um, we're fortunate enough to put an arrow onto him. <laughs> yeah, best, yeah. Best, Sorry, yeah. yeah. And it looked like a good shot, man. And I was, I was pretty positive right at the start. Just lack, lack penetration. I was, I was had a completely different setup to what I was shooting now, and um, expandable broadhead, and all sorts of the all sorts of the years. Yeah, didn't didn't do the job on the on the stag that one time. Amazingly, my dad saw a saw the stag a number of months later, and we were able to put a put another stalk onto him, and um, yeah, caught up with him and and made a film out of the second second hunt, <laughs> which was real cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looked like a, a very, very good hunt, that's for sure. So how did you meet J.E. Wilds or Joe Edlington? We've had him on the show before. We've had Catherine on. How did, yeah. you, how did you meet Joe anyway? Was it through hunting? Was it through yeah, schooling, you know, university or college? Or what was it just for through the hunting scene? Yeah, so Joe, um, years ago, Joe was back in hunting films. And um, originally, I actually was watching his, his films and I was sending them to, through to Dad and all sorts of stuff. And then Dad ended up. Um, getting in contact with Joe. They organised for Joe to um, come down and do some, some guiding with Dad. Um, I think Joe was doing a little bit of guiding previously, like pig hunting and, and things like that, but he wanted to shoot Steve and let him in, um, into hunting stags and guiding Americans and, and that thing. So he ended up coming down, and that's how I originally met him, was, was through through Dad and the business. Yeah, we've sort of just been mates ever since and progressed into doing hunts together, to filming hunts together, and... Um, yeah, now the opportunity to work side by side yep. with each other. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, you know, I just actually found it. I was muting it because I didn't want it to come through on the podcast while I was looking for it. But uh, it's called, guys, check it out from J.E. Wilds. Uh, Spot and stalk giant deer with a bow in camo. Success. That's the one I'm pretty sure it is because I, I can see you yeah. uh, rolling around on the ground and, and, and trying to get in close and uh, – as you know, yeah. it's pretty hard, isn't it, to to get all the filming on camera? It's always good to have you know second person because you know self filming hunts can be quite difficult. But guys, if you want to go check it out, spot and stalk giant deer with a bow in camo and then in brackets success. So it's had forty eight thousand views, guys, almost forty nine thousand. So you know, give it a check it out, and you can see Joe. Yeah. Joe F, i.e. Joe Fluidy, who I've got on the show right now. There's all these Joes. I thought, man, there's so yeah, many Joes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, they've, they've, I've got a number of people that just call me Hamish because um, 
<laughs> the amount of messages and um, and Instagram, uh, Instagram comments and YouTube comments. Hey, is that is that the Hamish and Andy that. from Australia? Hamish, Hamish. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You know what? Now I think about it, they're hundred percent right. <laughs> they're right. Yeah, yeah. So fully, uh, when I'm around Joe and Catherine, they just call me Hamish, and a number of my mates call me Hamish. So wow. there you go. Hey, <laughs> ma- hey, maybe they, maybe they, Hamish, they should be calling him Joe Fluidy then. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's Oregon. Oh, classic, mate. So I mean, I mean, tell okay. us about the good part about this is, I mean, you guys have gotten together for a. A bit of a hunting series, you might say, on, on YouTube, having yep. a good old time getting out there. I mean, I'm, I'm in the midst of a, a, the, probably the worst lockdown in the world right now in Sydney. Yeah, uh, right, I, I, I can't do any. I can't even shit straight, basically, unfortunately. So <laughs> I've got to live through yeah. you guys watching videos on YouTube, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, oh, that's real unfortunate, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, if you can't do it, you're better off watching someone that is doing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, ha- how did you guys come to the idea of getting together and doing a doing a bit of a hunting series together. I think the more that Joe and I hunt together, I think we've sort of realised that you know you get you get a you get a hunting partner and uh, you hunt so well together that almost words don't even need to be said. You know you know you know what the other person is saying and thinking about the hunt before they say it. You know, so that's the sort of way that Joe and I have sort of like progressed the partnership and do like you know knowing so well together. Yeah, we had this opportunity, Joe's. Joe started his, his blog series last year, and it, it did really, really well. I think one of his one of his videos last year is scratching like one point seven million views, I think, which is um, yeah, I know, bloody course. good. Yeah, amazing. And so, um, going forward from that, there's a few sponsors involved, and um, and it just allowed me to jump in and uh, work side by side with them. So, um, and and it's been really good. Uh, exactly, it's yeah. been the dream actually. To be honest. Yeah, no, you guys have made some fantastic videos. Yeah, the only thing you've got to do now, now obviously I've interviewed Catherine earlier before, like many years ago, I think it was about 2019, I think it was, and I know she's been trying to, um, and for people listening to the show, J.E. Wilds is going out with Catherine, their partners. Um, I've interviewed both of them, as I said a bit earlier. And uh, she couldn't get over there to New Zealand because obviously the border bubble we had here with COVID guys. So she only got over there, I think, probably a couple of months ago. Uh, finally got over to get over to New Zealand. And you know what you need to do? See, since um, Joe's got a yeah, – Catherine's there now, you've got to get – I'm not sure if you have got a girlfriend, but you've got to get one so you can have her on the videos too. <laughs> Make it a double dating hunting trip, so to speak, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, no pressure, eh? Um... No pressure. No pressure at all. Nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Um, I mean, exactly. Uh, give me a sec. I'm just going back to my. Actually, what we'll do, guys, we're just going to go to a. We'll go. To, we'll actually go to a break first, and uh, we'll be right back. Camo Warehouse is Australia's leading supplier of quality hunting clothing and accessories. We stock leading outdoor clothing brands such as Rocky Boots, Georgia Boots, Hunter's Element, Ridgeline, Spiker, 511, Stony Creek and many more. Camo Warehouse is the leading supplier of optics and shooting accessories including Leopold, Bushnell, Zerotech, Lyman, Powerbeam and Lightforce. We can also order in custom Boyd stocks from the US to your specific requirements. Camo Warehouse offers as flexible, zero-interest payment options including Afterpay and ZipPay. Order via our website at camowarehouse.com.au or give us a call on 02 6771 2836. All right, Joe, mate, how did you get into guiding hunts? I mean, obviously, you know, that's you know, pretty exciting seeing some of the videos you guys have put together. I know you, did a, you, do, you do a bit of filming, I think, for that as well. But how, how did you get into guiding hunts? Was that through, was that through your dad or...? Yeah, it's um, it's just through dad. He's um, he's had his business. I think come up thirty years. So yeah, just naturally was always sort of involved with the the guided hunting. Just um, as a wee wee packer, just um, walk along behind dad and the clients, and then it progressed into um, taking my own clients out through dad. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of how it just naturally happened. So how many how many hunts is. do you do a year anyway? I mean, how many sort of guided hunts? Is there a season? Do you only guide certain times of the year or how does that generally work? I mean, especially for someone too, if they want to, because we'll go into, we'll give the business a bit of a shout out too and we'll see if people can get people over there to go hunting. But uh, yeah, I mean, do, do you do it certain times of the year? How many, how many, I mean, give me an example. How many guided hunts do you reckon you do a year? Mm, okay. So I think it's around about 50 to 60 stags taken. It's yep. only it's a 
it's a uh, it's a family business, eh? So it's um it's by no means a big estate with a, a big lodge. It's um you know the hunters come in and they eat food at our family table, you know, and it's really um yeah it's really tight knit sort of show that we're running and um, yeah and that's exactly how dad wanted it I would say about yeah 50 tags and then it, it goes from starts off in February and then it'll go right through into June July we'll start up in Central North Island and hunt tag and buck and then um, and elk also and then sometimes it'll go down but right, then eventually it'll go down probably early May usually down to the South Island and hunt tar and and tag and elk and buck down there we got some really exceptional hunting um, yeah yeah i've seen that a yeah. real real cool niche like it's a real cool um experience and people love it and um seeker just a fascinating deer to hunt i personally just love hunting seeker especially in the rato they're just amazing so yeah and dad has gone to the um the trade shows over in america for the last oh, i think it's about 20 years bar this last year this last january yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a number of those different trade shows that he goes to in, in Vegas and in Dallas and in Reno. Um, hey, how long does the average hunt go for? I mean, if someone comes and wants to, you, yeah, you're guiding them, you know, one day hunt, two day, three day, four day, is it is it is it flexible or how long do you normally have someone, you know, it could be people from New Zealand, could be people from overseas, Australia, wherever they come from to hunt whatever type of species. Is, is there a set time you normally people come to? You know, and hunt with you guys for two to three day hunts, five day hunts, or what is it? How does it generally look in that respect? Usually about a five day hunt. You know, if you're um, one thing that Dad has, has sort of advertised for many years, and was one of the first in New Zealand to sort of is um, archery hunt on stags. Um, he was he was a bar He's been a bar for forever and passionate, and so he would bank. You know, five days, and um, you get multiple different um, opportunities at stags that will work out or not work out but usually with over, over five days we have to walk away with a stag with a bow and then also you know you're wanting options of, of shooting buck or other big stags or rams or anything like that um, that could extend it a little bit longer but usually within five days yeah, yeah. you're able to shoot a stag and maybe something else as well so yeah, is that a lot of that? Um, you know, private hunting is it mixed between uh, private? I presume tar would probably be. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Probably be on public land, would it? Because different type of terrain they hang out in, sort of thing. Um, so it's a mixture. Yeah, it is a mixture. There's um, there's private and free range hunting to be done. A lot of the bow hunting is is private because you know just for a lot of the public lands around New Zealand is just heavily hunted, eh? so you just can't you can't promise. An American that's going to spend a lot of money and come over, promise them an animal in a public land when it's been so thrashed, you know. But yeah, so a lot of it is private, but there is a mixture. There is other options. Tar uh, is, um, is also a mixture. There's, um, there's private land farming, but there's also um, wilderness farming, public land. So, yeah. yeah. And sounds like a good time. I tell you what, I see, you know, the only thing I think screws you over in New Zealand a lot, I think, is the bloody weather. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. <laughs> 100%. It's, fu- it's funny how, I mean, we don't have the best weather at times either, but compared to New Zealand, obviously I, I watch a lot of you guys' hunting videos, you know, watch you, you know, see your photos you're putting up. Uh, I watch other New Zealand hunting channels as well, for Australian hunting channels. I think, man, it's only like a three-hour flight, not even that three-hour flight, I think, isn't it? And then I think, how does the weather get so bad over there compared to here all the time? Because here it's like sometimes you can go mate, months or years on end without getting any bad weather. Maybe a bit windy sometimes yeah. with a little bit of rain, but... I just think, man, what's going yeah, on over right. there? You know, I know. I think, um, I think it's easily forgotten that we're just a couple of islands at the bottom of the globe. You know, cops and some decent fronts, though. Like, um, especially this time of year, we're coming into spring, which is a little bit more unsettled and patchy and it's a little bit gnarlier. Yeah, it's um, it's it's super unfortunate. <laughs> some people yeah, come know. over now the whole the whole time. You know, we hunt uh, majority of the time. We hunt right underneath the mountain. You have to just try and convince the hunters that there's actually a mountain in front of us and they just don't see it the whole time. You know, it's been clagged down the whole time. It's crazy, isn't it? When normally I've got to, all I get annoyed with is it always seems to happen when I plan a bloody hunt is it always seems to either rain or the weather's bad, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, but <laughs> yeah, generally exactly. I've only got to really worry about rain. If there's no rain, well, 
Maybe it might be a bit cold, obviously, but uh, other than that, it's pretty yeah. good. But uh, you were saying this the, the, the guiding business, it's your family business, correct? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's a family business. Well, give it a plug then. Where do they go to the website? Who, what number do they call yeah. to book a hunt, man? Got to do a shout-out, man. Got to get you some business, get <laughs> yeah. people over there, especially since COVID. It probably did affect, you know, obviously I would assume definitely affected people coming into the country, especially when Ardern locked down the country and no one, no hunters could get in to go hunting. So we've got to get you, got to get yeah. you some... You know, hunts booked, man. If you haven't already, so give us the website and uh, let us know what you can hunt. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, it's Wildside Hunting Safari is the name, and and Dad runs the social media accounts and the websites. And um, so, honestly, Instagram's almost your best bet nowadays, which is pretty interesting. But there's naturally Wildside Hunting Safari is the page. Yeah, contact through there through the website, which is Wildside Hunting. Com. Yeah, that, yeah. that you'll, you'll go through to Dad, which is Gerald, Gerald Flutie, and he's on his phone all the time, so you'll, you'll be getting that. <laughs> no, he's, he's like my away. mum, is he, with the one that once they found Facebook and Instagram, you bloody can't get them, get them off it now, eh? <laughs> yeah, worse than a teenage girl. Uh, so he, he's, a, um, he's an avid photographer, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah his, his Instagram is just covered in amazing wildlife um, photos so um, he's got some amazing shots on there so it's actually even worth just searching them up just to check that out so yep so just in case people missed it wildsidehunting.com click on that you can Click on the contact page as well. You can book a hunt and just reading here, guys. So huge red stags, seeker stags, ruser stags, fallow bucks, chamois, tar, elk, red stags, my angling. Yep. They can mate, you can do it all over there, guys. So you yeah, know, you do it all. <laughs> do it all. Give them a call. You know, life's been hard for a lot of small business, uh, especially with all these lockdowns. And you know, support small business, support the hunting industry. You know, if you're listening from not only Australia but New Zealand overseas, book a hunt with these guys and, uh, you know, they certainly do the hard yards trying to make, you know, give you guys the best possible experience in being able to, you know, secure a great animal. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've got an honest question for you. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. So, you know, people, people are coming from overseas, you know, they're obviously paying, you know, expecting, yeah, as you know, you, you pay, you pop, people are probably expecting animals. So generally what is the percentage success rate someone would see if they book in for whatever particular hunt it may be? I mean, obviously there's an element you can't control animals. They're wild animals. There's not much you can do. But, you know, generally what's yeah. the success rate on coming over and hunting with you guys? Honestly, um, it's high. Like it's, it's- I would say late ninety. Um, so pretty good, yeah. You can yeah. always, you can, you can, um, you can bank that you're going to have opportunities. But the other thing is also, um, it's our, our our job as the guy to get get you in front of an animal. But it's, it's the hunter's job to make the right shots and um, yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been a couple that have put arrows or put shots into stags and. We'll always we'll always catch up with them eventually, but it might not be that hunt. But yeah, or or just miss completely. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah the percentage yeah. rate is still still high. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's good to see anyways. That way, if you know, at least guys, you've got a great chance. I mean, nothing's ever guaranteed in life, but if they can get you in a position. You know, don't freak out and make it count. That's the that's the that's the best thing. It's the best piece of advice I can give. If they give you an opportunity, make sure you seize it and take it. You know, Dad is, is an incredibly good person talk to him about idea like he's a he's a passionate hunter and he's he's extremely involved in you enjoying your hunt and um and he's really good to talk to he's super knowledgeable you know there's people that have freaked out on hunts and and um and like dad dad i'm just pick them up and just like build them back up and um and they're able to go home still go home with an animal yeah there's no real intense pressure from a guide and and wild side so it's yeah, always good to be you know really put at ease, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's always good to be put at ease and and you know yeah because you know sometimes mate hey I mean we, we've all been there when I shot my first year mine wasn't <laughs> mine was probably the worst deer you've ever seen it had terrible genetics and I tell you what <laughs> man I'd I'd spent people laugh now but everyone knows the story I spent five years trying to get my first deer and you know as you know you get a lot of you know, several offers on people when you do a podcast mate come and hunt with me mate we'll get on one in, in within one or two days you'll have your, the best deer you've ever had in your life and I said nah nah I, I'm going to do this myself I, I, I maintained I'm going to stick with my public land for a while and that's what I did and yeah. eventually mate it was so weird I, I heard a deer croaking but I don't think it was the one I shot anyway and then 
All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm in this thick cover, and all of a sudden, yep. he just pops out. Right, literally right in front of me within 20 metres. I sat in the right spot. I was sitting and waiting, and I thought, nah, you're not going to get the leg up on me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a good place. There was lots of tracks, lots of you know, game trails, and I thought, nah, there's got to be something coming through here. And, mate, I probably only yep. had visibility of probably 25 to 40 metres, and, mate, yep. he, he popped out in front of me, and, mate, I made it count, mate, with a 308, and, mate, what an experience nice. I had, you know what I mean? It wasn't the biggest deer in the yep. world. Most people look at it and go, but mate, to me, mate, what an experience, dude! My heart was racing. Yeah. I was, my hair was standing up on the back of my neck. It was just, man, that's what. You never we, forget yeah. it, eh? Never forget it, dude. Never, I, I know exactly where yeah. it was. Yeah. It was yeah, eight years yeah. ago now. I know exactly where it was. What my feelings yeah. were, where I was sitting exactly. I still know the forest very well. And yeah, yeah. mate, what an experience! But I want to talk about something interesting awesome, too, man. because with New Zealand, you know, I as we spoke about before, the conditions can be, you know quite rough they can be wet i mean you guys tend to pack in you guys take some chopper flights in obviously a fair you know from what i've seen from the videos a, f- a fair bit as well so how do you maintain weight man i mean how do you maintain a good pack how do you maintain good gear how do you maintain gear for cold weather wet weather and all that can you give us you know, a bit of an explanation sort of about you know packing in weight and stuff like that and how to be prepared for those type of hunts yeah honestly um honestly yeah preparation for for whatever comes, um, the winter weather can change. Within half an hour down here, we're actually set up in, in the South Island at the moment, and um, yeah, you can just we're looking up at the tops from where we're staying at the moment, and it can just change just like that. So, unfortunately, just packing in a little bit more, meaning that you're going to have a little bit heavier, heavier pack, is just price to pay for hunting in and in, in these southern Alps in the South Island. Here. Always, always rain out always a puffer, especially the summer year. Yeah, just for preparation. Even um, even going to the extent of, you know, if you're doing a burnout, like if you're doing a burnout up a hill, everything gets saturated with, um, with sweat, or for me it does. <laughs> even just <laughs> yeah. taking in another, another, um, another pair of thermals or a thin fleece as like, um, as like a backup, make that one, that one first base by almost sacrificial to where you're getting to, getting to to a situation where you can hunt and taking that off, putting that next next layer on. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you can't really get away with too too light a pack when you're running around the South Island just because of those reasons. Um, yeah, so and then also, John and I've got swimming camera gear and rifles and spotters and all sorts of other stuff. So we're just sort of getting conditioned <laughs> with heavier packs out those day eh? mm. while we still can, I suppose. I'll tell you what, that means you, I mean, it seems to be even from you guys making the videos on YouTube to guiding and especially when you're from where you actually live, I mean, seems to be a lot of travel involved as well. And, you know, they, I guess you've got to factor in those costs as well for when people come over and, you know, pay for hunts or whatever, or if you're making videos for YouTube, I mean, obviously a lot of travel involved as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah makes a yeah, huge difference. Yeah, we've done a, majority of the hunts that we've done this year have been down the South Island here. We've done a, a couple of hunts up north. So, yeah. yeah. There is a bit of travel involved. But, um, hey, so where you grew up? Yeah. I mean, are you still in the same area now, or where do you where do you sort of? I mean, obviously not exact location, but where do you where do you sort of call home now when you're not hunting? Real interesting. I actually um, I've just moved up to far north where Joe is. I was in a little place, Old Kearney, Central North. I I actually on the off season when I'm not hunting and and guiding with Dad, I was plumber gas fitter um, for the town <coughs> for the town there. Yeah, the only right. gas in town, pretty much. And um, <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty busy. But um, yeah, turning me into an old man too quick, eh? So um, I ended up breaking out and um, and going up north and um, setting up with Joe just started this, this year, enjoying the last bit of summer and a bit of fishing and beach life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that north here, north of. Sounds like a bloody good life, man. Anyway, we're just going to go to another quick break and we'll be right back. Over the past year, the National Shooting Council took legal actions to protect shooters' rights over gun shop closures, gun reclassifications and unfair license cancellations. And we did this across Australia. The National Shooting Council is the only truly national political action group that is taking actions to protect what we do. Help us do more during 2021. Join the National Shooting Council, which is the political organisation that you've been wanting to see there to protect shooters' rights. All right, Joe, mate, um, this is an interesting one. If you head into the mountains, 
Give me some gear you think you'd never, ever leave behind. Obviously, a gun being one of them or a bow, <laughs> something to take game with. But yep. other than, say, a gun or a bow or, you know, what's some, you know, a couple of, you know, say, let's say three bits of item, mate, you'd never, ever leave behind. Honestly, I think, um, especially with this time of, time of year, a puffer jacket is um, a decent puffer is definitely needed. There's obvious ones like head torches and things like that. But um, honestly, I think... Um, in preparation for hunts, I think um, people sort of underdo it with the size of packs. Now those, you almost need a pack way bigger than what's needed just for all the meat and things like that. So that's um, that's what I'm finding is a little bit more important. Half a jacket and a decent size pack. Uh, hey, speaking like, of that, while we're doing that part, what's a good leaderage yeah. on pack? What would you recommend? You know, 70, 120, what's your general go-to in regards to packs? I mean, especially if you're going out for, you know, four or five-day, you know, self-sufficient hunt in the mountains, you know, there's no there's nowhere to, you know, drive around and get any food or anything. So what what are you generally running? What's what, what's recommended, do you think? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't go anything um, more than a 70 leader, right? Um, yeah. We're running, we're running the bison, the type of bison, and they are decent. They're exactly what you want. What, sort of what, what leader are the ones you're running? What leader? How many leaders are in? That's eighty. Eighty, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So um, honestly, you just can't. Get, you can't. Yeah. You just want, don't want to get caught out with this moth of a tag, eh? <laughs> I know. Before, yeah. um, so. What yeah. else? Any other um, bits of equipment you think, you know, that you want, don't want to leave behind? I mean, I'm talking, I mean, obviously not camera gear as well, just things that, yeah, specific, mate, need this to go on a hunt. Could be could be minor, could be major. I mean, it's your call, I guess, what you think you wouldn't leave behind. It's a puffer jacket, good size pack. Yeah. What's your what's your third and last one, you reckon? Decent bino, though, mm. especially with the way... You know, and hunting is going and trying to be a little bit more conservative of future trophies and stuff like that. Um, identifying your, your animal that you're about to shoot is um, becoming more, more and more crucial. Decent optic to um, I don't identify your animals. Agree. That, that's going to be pretty key, pretty key as well, eh? Yeah, exactly. One thing I'd say, which I very much neglected, I think, is boots. I'd say, guys, get a get a good set of boots, something that fits you. Wear them in. Uh, I've been so. <laughs> I've been so. I was originally running around in some. Uh, I mean, obviously, we haven't got where I was hunting wasn't massive mountains like you guys have got there, but I was just running around in some steel cap, you know, uh, you know, construction style <laughs> boots, you know, with, with laces and everything. Yeah. But you know, I wasn't doing them up tight, and then when I was walking around, the little the little ringlets on them were moving and making noise. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. This is ridiculous. You know, like, I've got to get serious oh, no. about this. I've got yeah. to get serious. But, uh, yeah, yeah, get some boots, guys. Very important. Something that fits you. It's comfortable. You don't, you've got to look after your feet because if you don't look after your applicable feet. For, you applicable just, for where you are as well. You know, like um, we've, just, we've just started getting into more serious mountaineering boots, full shank mountaineering boots for these tar hunting the timing that we're doing at the moment and never go back man i'd never go back you just gain so much more confidence amazing so you, you did right man like boots are such an important thing yeah it's the difference between a, a, a good hunt and a bad hunt i reckon boots absolutely and unfortunately a lot of them are so expensive <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah, expensive <laughs> Mate, yeah. what, mate well, hey, listen, when you're not guiding, you know, you, you know, obviously, yeah, watching just people be together. I mean, that's why I go hunting. I love just as much as the hunting experience as I do hanging out with my friends. You know, I, for me, that's 50-50. I love the hunt, but I also love getting back at the end of the day, you know, sitting around a fire and that sort of thing. So, I mean, when you're not guiding and that sort of thing, what do you like? What, what's your favorite animals to hunt? I mean, people will probably ask you. I'm sure you get this question all the time, but people will say, well, man, do you get sick of, you know, you're guiding people? Do you actually get sick of hunting? So if you are hunting on your own, what do you what do you enjoy? What's your favourite game to hunt when you, when and if you do get the opportunity? It, it does change a lot, I suppose. When you when you sort of you've got a client there, and um, any day you know, like you're going out the run, the rain and the and the weather, it can get pretty pretty um, pretty long and pretty thin, whatever. Honestly, I've I've actually got into fly fishing. I've really, really enjoyed that, and that's sort of been my my newfound thing that I mm. I really enjoy doing. I really, I still really like going hunting, and I'll hunt deer. Um, usually, it's just by myself. I just um, I come out, and I just um, I really love going out and hunting by myself, and especially with a bow. 
there's no pressures, there's nobody behind me. I can go wherever I want without um, without even thinking twice about it. So, um, but yeah, honestly, um, newfound love is like fly fishing, um, mm. and that drought that breaks away from a lot of that as well. So, yeah. Got an interesting question for you. This wasn't on my questions list, but you mentioned about going out on your own. Now, a lot of people, I've been out on my own a couple of times. That was an interesting experience. Uh, how do you get used to it? Because I know a lot of guys that say to me, there's no way I could go out on my own because for many reasons, dangerous. But <laughs> I hate to say, it, I know we're, we're gr- I'm a grown man and a grown adult. So, I mean, as soon as that sun sort of goes down, you sort of start thinking, oh, is someone looking at me? And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. how do you get used to Sorry. going out on your own? There's a good good question because a lot of people say to me, man, there's no way I could go out on public land on my own, sleeping with all the noises and whatever's out yeah. there. I mean, how do you get, how do you actually get used to it? I mean, obviously just doing it and getting used to it is probably one way. But what are your tips for people that go, listen, I haven't got many friends that go hunting, or if they do, we can't sort of get together sometimes because of you know work commitments or whatever. What's how, how do you get out there on your own and not freak the hell out as soon as it hits like five thirty six o'clock when the sun goes down? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think in New Zealand we're we're pretty fortunate. Nothing's gonna nothing's gonna nab you. Nothing's gonna get you. Honestly, when I was a young fella, I had um, wasn't very good at school. <laughs> and, um, That's all right. Neither was and, I. So don't um, worry. Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I actually, um, had, I had a, uh, a brother who passed away in a car accident oh, uh, when I was a young teenager. And um, hunting by myself was something that allowed me to just break away. You know, it was my time. It was me. It was me and and um, and and nature. You know, and I. Fully, I felt fully involved there rather than I did in social settings or um, or school things like that at those times, you know. Mm. Um, so that was like my escape. So it was a very, it was like a very important time for me. I felt, um, and so that's what to what how it led into hunting by myself quite a bit. But um, yeah, honestly, man, um, I think it had change if I was over in Australia and I knew that there was all sorts of critters out there that are gonna <laughs> I don't know, you got you got um snakes and, and spiders that I, I don't I don't even think twice about, you know, Catherine comes over is over at the moment and she's she's talking about like all the spiders, all the snakes and all the all the crazy shit that that she has to deal with. And I'm like, I mean, nothing. Walk around in bare feet, twelve o'clock at night and doesn't matter. I know you guys still do that anyway, but um yeah. yeah. And I think um yeah, I just I just I've just always known it as an important part and important time for me. Yeah, and I think it's helped massively. Um, yeah, and, and you learn so much by yourself. You know, I yeah. think um, personally, yeah, I think I've done the most development by myself. And I had hunting with with dad or or bouncing bouncing ideas around with with and within a hunting group. You know. That's why I always tell my friends. I mean, I've never been to New Zealand yet. I definitely, I definitely do want to go. That's for sure. And uh, I always say to my mate, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Here, I go, no, like, there's not many spiders. If now, there's definitely no poisonous ones. There's no poisonous snakes. I said the 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 humidity never gives above seventy percent. So I said, mate, what's yeah. not to like about New Zealand? I said, the weather's good. Okay, it might be a bit cold in winter, but, you know, we can get a yeah. fire and a, one of those little uh, combustion fires yeah. with a glass door and, mate, we'll be good to go, mate. I said, you know, you ain't got to worry about nothing, man. You know, it's not too hot in summer. I said, mate, bloody yeah. awesome. How awesome is that? Yeah, oh, 100%, man. And I think um, even uh, even a step forward from that is, you know, when you're hunting, I've been hunting a little bit down like um, West Coast, River valleys and stuff like that, and you can you can sail up places and and can, you can go across gnarly gnarly um, country. But now you've got Minrich, you know, you've got the SOS function on Minrich, and you've got Aperb there. That's another that's another thing that you can sort of find confidence in. Yeah, so, yeah. I was thinking to myself the other day. I thought we we know we get a lot of expats from New Zealand. Obviously, people moving moving to Australia, which is a fairly common thing. But obviously, we're you know we're starting to take back Joe because we've sent Catherine over there, right? So that's one that's going to go over there, and we're, we're we're taking Aussies over there. But I mean, a serious question would be if someone was thinking, you know, they're Australian, they they like the hunting scene over there. Um, they thought, you know, they're thinking of relocating maybe to New Zealand. I mean, do you think New Zealand would be a great place for Australians that like? hunting to uh, retire to relocate for you know better hunting opportunities possibly yeah potentially um there's a lot of pressure in a lot of places 
hunting in New Zealand. It's such a small place. I know driving down the coast, it can be long and, and, um, and mountains look so, so big. But it's amazing how many hunters actually actually hunt in these these areas. There is extremely good hunting to be had, regardless. And New Zealand is such a good place for that. But yeah, I, I'm just really interested to know what it's going to look like in years to come, especially with the hype of um, you know social media and um, and the excitement that hunting brings now on those on those platforms. I think we're seeing another whole influx of hunters. So it's a little bit concerning, but it's just really interesting to see what the hunting's going to be like in years to come. You know what I'm, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I look at it, watch the videos that you guys are in, a couple other New Zealand guys there as well, and I think, geez, man, you've got some really nice terrain. It's green. Yeah. I mean, it just looks like yeah. a bloody hunter's paradise. I mean, obviously people say, <laughs> well, you know, work might be difficult to get depending on what industry you're in and that sort of thing, you know, trying to, trying to establish a base over there and that sort of thing. But... I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously love my country. I'm sure you love yours, and but it's always good to, you know, yep. further our horizons, and some people do want to change, whether it's staying in their own yep. country or it's or it's relocate to another country. And, yeah, yeah, New Zealand certainly looks like a great place. I think, um, yeah, I think there's definitely opportunities for Australians over here um, to do some really enjoyable hunts. And I'd almost, you know, potentially lead into saying, go with the guide, you know, if you want to yep. get a... You want to bank on a on a really enjoyable New Zealand hunt where you're guaranteed to pull the trigger. I'd almost um, be inclined to say, look into going with a guide. Yeah, makes sense, mate. What about? Uh, I mean, obviously you like bows. Tell us about. Let's t- t- tell us what bow you shoot, and if and also what guns you 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 shoot and own, or how many you own, or if you you know what's your deer hunting caliber. I know you guys have just got into the. Well, yeah. I've got I've got one as well. You into the yeah, you got Bagara now, so I've got a I've oh, yeah. got I've got one of the Bagara B fourteen HMRs, sort of the more of a yeah. more of a oh, nice, what, t- target what rifle, caliber but did you, get? you know. What uh, what caliber did you get? I got uh, three uh, three hundred Winchester Magnum in that one. Nice man. Nice. Mm. Yeah, so um, I shoot with a Matthews. Vertex it's a couple of years old now. Um, it still does really well. Um, really enjoy it, and I'm actually running um, the new Nexus Arrows and the Oscar Broadheads from from over over Australia there. And um, I think they're exceptional. They're an exceptional product. Really, really enjoy shooting them. And then for my rifle, I've actually um, I've actually got a Tika seven mil eight that I've had since I was since I first got my license. And I've shot many a thing with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was going to um, say, great but, minds think alike. My first deer hunting rifle, the only reason <laughs> I sold that I was, well, I'm say it was a 7 mil 08 actually. F- fantastic caliber. It was just, you know, I know, very popular in New Zealand, but it's in Australia about 10 years ago. Yeah. I used to do a lot of reloading and uh, I, I, very, oh, yeah. I struggled to get brass for it. So I ended up just Bang. selling it for a trusty 308 and then I sold that. Now I'm yeah. shooting 7 mil uh, rem mag in the the, the the Tika light version, stainless light, so um, yep. obviously yep. The, the Bagara 300, that's more of a uh, more of a long range shooting slash target varminting yep. rifle from longer distances like definitely not something I'm going to take on a on a big hilly hunt, but uh, yeah, I mean 7 mil 08, man, what a great calibre, I reckon. It's an exceptional calibre, but yeah, we're coming into like, I'm, I'm coming short on uh, bloody ammunition and no one's got it, man. Yeah. No one in New Zealand has, yeah. has got seven mil eight ammo. So I'm like, oh. yeah. um, that's right. I, actually, for the season, John, I've got a, um, a Bagara and the Mountain 2.0, and that's a, a 300 Win Mag exceptional rifle. Been really, really enjoying shooting that. That's got a DPT suppressor on the front of it, which makes it just like shooting a 22, pretty much, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. What uh, what um, rounds are you running at? What bullet weight are you running out of that 300? Uh, we've actually we've got a, a Sarko game game head pro, and it's a one six five grain uh, projector, and it shoots extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen those way. some of that tar and that uh, that uh, deer you took on that uh, riverbed, and mate, that was yep. that was stone dead right where they right where they right where they were shot. So can't yep. really complain yeah, with that, that, eh? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, that's that's the sight you want to see, eh? That's the, at least we don't have to chase them into the bush or chase them somewhere, you know what I mean? Or if they go into some thick cover, thankfully, you know, I mean, you guys are doing that in that bed if they ran. Like, it's happened to me before. I've shot a deer and I thought, mate, 70, 80 metres, fantastic, right on the shoulder, perfect. And uh, yeah. I, I was in some thick pine country on some on some public land and... 
I, I walked yeah. in and I luckily I went up the game trail and he was only about 30 metres on the game trail. There was actually a big tree falling over. It was a really big one and I had to sort of jump over it to guess you get over it and it was so big and then he was on the other side of that and then when I caped him out and took the meat and got the heart, literally it was yeah. like butterfly. Like there was only the last bottom of the heart actually not split in two like it was probably only about 20 percent hanging on and i'm like how on earth did this deer and it wasn't the biggest deer in the world how did he get 30 meters when his heart was basically in two pieces almost it was insane i'm like man they're bloody tough animals they're really tough to hunt and yeah wow oh they're they're incredible animals deer ah man i've seen some seen some tasks just soak up some some weird eh? incredible incredible animals and good shots you know Good shots, and they just they're just still on the move. So it's really impressive what what an animal will take. Yeah, and that's just it's just the way it goes sometimes, you know. Does man? What about anything? Yeah. Have you got any purchases, mate? Set up, uh, ready to go? Like any more guns, scopes, or you know, uh, bags, gear, honestly, anything you want to buy? Uh, honestly, I want to I want to get my hands on a um, on a Bagara. 308 at the moment just because my 7ml away I'm running out of bullets so you did what I did right I I was trying to get brass I couldn't find brass to save my life anywhere and then I just said oh man this is just getting too difficult I didn't want to part with it it's a good mild recoiling caliber loved it to death and then I just bought a 308 and then I thought oh you know, I might get a seven. So I end up buying a, a seven seven mil magnum as well, running some one six twos. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the problem when we're buying guns. I'm always changing and buying this and buying that, and you know, you know yeah. how things go when you get some money and you want to buy some stuff. So, oh, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Stay away from camera gear, man. Yeah, yeah. I hear. You, I know. I know. What um, hey, what what model are you looking at in the Bagara anyway? Anything in particular? You got your eyes, or the similar uh, to what you've got now, or? There's actually Hunter Extreme out at the moment, and that's looking real, real good. That's what I'm pretty much got my eyes on. There's actually that other caliber um, that's sort of new-ish to the market. Um, it's 6.5 PRC, and that's got an incredibly good name to it. But again, you know, no, no ammo to be seen. Um, so yeah. What and about scope, man? What are you going to put on? What are you going to put on top of it? Uh, a um, at this stage it's going to be a Leopold BX5, um, just like the one that we're running on um, on the Mountain 2.0. So if I got one of those, it'd be so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? I've got a few of those too. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, just yeah, going to go. Nah, I think they did the job, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not. They're in the sort of mid price, definitely mid price. I mean, yeah, most of the, I know a few guys in the gun shops, and I say, how many like are these sort of mid price scopes you're selling and. Yeah, not most of people going for a sort of a, a cheaper option, you know. So it's good to have, you know, good glass for that yep. you know, last couple of minutes of light, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, or whatever it may be before yep. before the sort of sun goes down, and being able to see yep. the game and identify it, which is you know pretty important. Uh, yeah, it's worth it, man, 100%. So I was going to ask you, um, future hunting plans. So obviously you, you're with Joe now, so the two Joes, you might say. So Joe Fluidy yeah. and J.E. Wiles. Mate, tell people what you're going to be hunting. Give us a – I mean, I don't know, is Joe, is Joe not far away? Is he in the same uh, area as you or not? Yeah, so Joe's just back at the, back at the house. We've got a okay. house down here. Sure, um, yeah. And I've driven this down here. Yeah. Get some service. But, um, yeah, so the next hunt we're actually – um, break yeah, it to the listeners. Does. Break it to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Spot X, you never know. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're actually just flying in, uh, uh, and we're up to Stag or Shami in this block. So that's our next, our next hunt, and that's going to be River Flats um, with, with Tussock Ridges coming down into it. And so yeah, it's a good, good spot. So we're really looking forward to it. And that's hopefully happening within the week, within a week from now. So. Depending on what the weather does, we're just on standby, ready to go. You know? so. Who's going? All of you again? Who's 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 going on this trip? Yep. Catherine, Joe, and I. We're all going. It's cold, man. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's um, yeah. It's just gnarly cold this time of year. Shocking, but um, it is what it is. So it's just um, August, man. It's just a killer. But um, I'm really excited. Probably our last day camp before the before they drop the antlers. Yeah, um, how long are you going so, yeah. in for? How long's the trip this one for? Potentially, uh, honestly, with the weather, we want to go on for five to seven days, and we'll just take what we can get with the weather. Honestly, um, it might might be five, but if we can stretch it out and 
do a little bit longer. We we, we probably will, but um, yeah, yeah, it's coming into that time of year where um, the weather's just so catching. We just always cop in front in the south, so southwest. Mate, any hunts? I mean, I know you said you're getting into the bit of the fly fishing as well, but have you got any hunt? If you could hunt, okay, let's say outside New Zealand, if you could hunt anything, what would it be outside of New Zealand? What would a good bucket list hunt be like for you? I think, um, I think, I think um, for a lot of people, it's just elk, and for me and a lot of people, I should say, it's elk, and I just like, I'd love to go do it, but um, I actually uh, the the more the more I'm sort of going into it and looking into it more, um, I think a moose hunt would be amazing. I know they're not, I know they're known not to be the hardest thing to hunt, but I think the whole the whole pack and the whole terrain, everything, scoping them, spot them out, all that sort of stuff, I just love to do. So that's something that I'd probably be on top of my list at the moment as a big moose hunt for the new kind. Yeah. Like that. It's interesting too because I watch some of the guys on I'm not sure which channels they are, but yeah, some of the couple of these elk hunts and man, what a huge animal they are! Like this, just just the, the the antlers they drop and you know people go out there and actually just they go on hunts to actually find the shed antlers. I thought, which I thought was crazy. I never knew that, <laughs> but I mean, I knew that till a couple of years yeah. ago when I started watching them and I thought, man, they're a big animal. When I see guys hunting up close with the bows and you know on those big huge yeah. elk, it's like a bloody it's the size of bloody four horses or something, you know? I'm like, wow, <laughs> these things are huge, man. Like, what an experience that would be. Incredible, eh, man? Incredible. There's full-time shed hunters, eh? They just, they just froth on it. They love it. I know, um, 100%. Yeah. Mate, if you could pick one of the stories to finish off, what would a, what would be one of your favourite hunts, something that stands out in your mind? It doesn't have to be your hunt. It could be a hunt you went on with Joe and Kath. It could be, you know, a, a client story. What do you think one of the the best sort of hunting experiences you've had that sort of stands out for you? Um, I think it has to be a few years ago now. It was one of my first stags with a bow. Dad and I had hunted. It was late. It was late raw. It was a break between clients. And Dad, Dad and I were, were hunting around. And they were starting to go quiet. And Dad and I were sort of starting to lose, lose, <laughs> lose the excitement. To go <laughs> Good, good, a lot of good memories from this hunting. It's it's good business, the old hunting, isn't it? I love the old hunting. It's oh, just, uh, I don't know, something about it. I don't yeah. know why I became a hunter. Every time I think about it, I think, you know, this is awesome. I don't know how this yep. happened, but it just did, and I'm glad it did. And, man, what an experience yep. we get to have every, every when, when, you know, at every opportunity we do get to go out and spend time in the bush that, you know, most people won't get to see. They won't get to see the good yeah. side of hunting, the friends you make, you know, the camaraderie yep, of sitting around the fire, talking to your mates and yep. developing good relationships, yep. not just the hunting aspect. And, uh, you know, I like yep. that part of it, man. It's um, it's surreal, you know, like we're flying and we fly into the mountains and you get dropped way back in there and, um, you know, you're ages away from anywhere. And it's such a crazy, amazing feeling and, and it's so special. Like it's just, and it, once you get it, you know, especially in the Southern Alps down here, once you've, once you've had a taste of it, you just, you, you crave it almost, you know, you just love, you're just always dreaming about going back into these spots and hunting again. Even if you're walking out with nothing, you know, it's just so worth it. It's amazing. And always, uh, always, 
Explorers highly recommend even just going into the mountains to anybody, you know. Yeah, and I'm looking at that. Uh, I just was typing it in while you were telling me the story. The Bagara, the B14 Extreme Hunter, is that the one you're looking at? That's the one, yep. Mate, it looks bloody darn good. Buy it. Buy it now. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't tell me. I will. <laughs> just head straight to the shop and get one. That's all you need to do. Don't worry about. Don't worry about the finances. Just buy it. Don't worry. That's yeah. That'll buddy. sort it sort out later. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, mate, fantastic show. Thanks for joining me. Um, first off, before we do that, mate, again, if people wanted to book in a hunt, they want to get over there, smash one of those animals, have the bloody hunt of a lifetime, where's the website? How do they do it again? Give us that website again. Yeah, wildsidehunting.com and uh, wildsidehunting stories on Instagram. Find them there, send them a message, email, and um, yeah, get in touch. Perfect. Guys, if you want to book in, you want a bloody hunt of a lifetime, you know, go and book in. Go with someone that knows what they're doing, knows how to find the animals, can put you in the right spot at the right time. Yep, you know, as we all know, there's always an expense to be, you know, for someone to guide you. But, you know, if you want to guarantee yourself or hopefully 99, you know, a great high percentage chance of getting something, you know, book in with a guide. They know what to do. They know the conditions. They can get you set up. They've been hunting these areas for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, a lot of these hunters, so these guides. So, Get into it. So, Joe Fluidy, thanks for joining me here on Australian Hunting Podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it, mate. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk again soon. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.